the teachings of the apostles, or the catechism of the early church. Join Pastor Hook in today's teaching of the Didache. We are moving into the Didache, chapter 11. Now you'll remember over the last few episodes, we have um, talked about uh, Holy Communion, which is called the Eucharist in the Didache. And I think we've exhausted everything about the Eucharist. We're now going to move into another section of the Didache. And um, these are going to go rather quickly, but they may not go quickly. I don't know. But we're now moving into chapter 11. And chapter 11 is about uh, teachers and apostles and prophets. So let's just dig right into it. So Didache chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Whoever then comes and teaches you all these things aforesaid, receive him. But if a teacher himself be perverted and teach another doctrine to destroy these things, do not listen to him. But if his teaching be for the increase of righteousness and knowledge of the Lord, receive him as the Lord. So we can see here in chapter 11 that there are people who are called teachers, apostles, prophets. Um, we haven't gotten to the apostles and prophets yet, but we're talking right here about teachers. And teachers are people that teach the stories about Jesus, uh, teach the way of life, teach about abstaining from the way of death, uh, teaching as if Jesus taught. If you'll remember, in the last chapter of Matthew, chapter 28, Jesus told his disciples, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. How? By teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and by baptism, but by teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So part of the Christian faith, to build faith, is to go and teach what Jesus told us to learn. And all of those are contained in the stories of Jesus. Uh, they're contained in how Jesus uh, comported himself or you know the things that Jesus did. What we want to do is to become like many Jesuses. And to become like many Jesuses, we have to observe the things that Jesus said and the things that Jesus did. I've on, I, uh, and I might do this in a future podcast uh, or whatever. The, um, what the, you've all heard of the red letter Bible. The red letter Bible are the things that Jesus said. But nobody ever does what I call the green letter Bible. And the green letter Bible is going through a, a, a gospel or maybe all the gospels and seeing what Jesus did. Because I think what Jesus did is equally as important as what Jesus said. And so one of these days, I'm going to do a green letter edition of one of the Gospels. Maybe the next time I go through a Gospel, I'll do it as a green letter edition. Uh, yeah, green letter edition. And all of that is, is just basically looking to see the things, highlighting the things that Jesus did, which are equally important as the things that Jesus said. But we want to become just like Jesus. And so when these teachers come, we teach them here in the Didache, it says, teach them the way of life and the way of death. And so when a teacher comes, if they're teaching about the way of life, receive them. But if they're teaching things that seem like the way of death, don't receive them. Uh, if he's teaching things that increase righteousness and knowledge of the Lord, receive him. But if he's not, don't receive him. Now, 
because there are there could be false teachers there so part of christianity does mean that we need to have faith in the teachers that are teaching and I don't know what you look for in a teacher, but things that I look for in a teacher would be, one, is the teacher teaching things from Scripture? Like, is Scripture the primary thing that the teacher looks at when he is teaching or she? And if the answer to that is yes, then that's a good sign. Uh, The other thing that you would look at, perhaps, is how much does the teacher spend in devotion and prayer uh, and seeking uh, to live his life as a disciple and follower of Jesus. And if you see a teacher that truly does uh, live their life as a follower of Jesus, and you can just tell, that would be a good sign too. Because there's lots of teachers out there, and particularly televangelists, and you wonder, are they more about connecting with the creator of the universe, or are they more about enlarging their empire so that they can live, you know, a life of incredible, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say wealth, but opulence. Maybe maybe opulence is a good word. Uh, because Jesus was not an opulent person. He was, uh, he lived a life of austerity and lived the best life ever. So you don't need opulence to live a great life. And if you see a teacher that is using, the, and we'll get into this in the dedicate, but if you see a teacher that is using uh, their position and authority of a, as a teacher to uh, skim wealth off of those that he's teaching, then that would not be a good sign. Uh, so are they rooted in the word? Are they more concerned about their students than themselves? Uh, are they really trying to live their life as Jesus lived his life? Uh, Are they peaceable, kind, generous? Do they have fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, control. All of that stuff. If the teacher has all of that stuff, then listen to him. And if you see that the teacher is more concerned about other things than simply, um, you know, sharing the gospel and the message of Jesus to the people that he's teaching, then be wary and be careful. Um... And but yet the, the other side of this is there are no perfect teachers. Jesus was the only perfect teacher. So um, any te- me, I'm a sinful human being. I at some level am more concerned about myself than you. I mean that sounds horrible, but if I'm a sinful human being, uh, and if in G in Luther said the definition of a sinful human being is that we are curved in our inner self. We're more concerned about ourselves than we are concerned about our neighbor. You know, love God, love your neighbor. That's the, that is the primary commandment of, of Old Testament, the New Testament, everything. Well, at some level, I love myself, right? At some level, um, I'm probably more concerned about myself than I'm concerned about you, which, and I, I, don't, I, I honestly don't feel that way, but at some level, I have to be because I'm a sinner and I'm not perfect. So uh, there are levels and degrees of this more than there are perfect people. And the teachings, the great thing about the church is that even from an imperfect teacher, uh, the Holy Spirit takes the words of God and infiltrates the heart of the listener and the student because the goal isn't to get everything 100, well, the goal is to get everything 100% perfect, but we'll never be 100% perfect. So what we can do uh, is listen to God's word and listen to the teachings and let the Holy Spirit guide us in those teachings to get closer and closer to Jesus. 
but there are obvious bad teachers out there. So whenever someone comes, receive them. But if they're perverted and they teach another doctrine, eject them because you don't want another doctrine. You want the pure word of God. And uh, if you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is living in your life, it should be pretty clear when someone with false doctrine comes along. Uh, and so be very, very wary of those people. All right. Uh, let's continue again then in the Didache. We'll start at verse 3. And concerning the apostles and prophets, act thus according to the ordinance of the gospel. Let every apostle who comes to you be received as the Lord. But let him not stay more than one day, or if need be, a second as well. But if he stays three days, he is a false prophet. And when an apostle goes forth, let him accept nothing but bread till he reach his night's lodging. But if he asks for money, he is a false prophet. Now, the thing is, is that there's not really a lot of clarification in Scripture as to what an apostle and a prophet or a teacher are. Uh, they're used uh, throughout uh, Paul's writings. They're used here in the Didache. Uh, I did look in um, this book, Early Christians Speak, to see about the polity or the governance or the roles of apostles and prophets. Uh, if you'll remember in Ephesians 4.11, Paul writes, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers so that the word of God may increase, so that we can, so that the man of God might, uh, you know, increase in righteousness. So that according to Paul, there were apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. But the early church and the early church writings don't give a lot of indication as to exactly what those are. But if you look at the Greek words in these, it, you can pretty much get a good sense. I mean, we know what a teacher is, right? Because we still have teachers. And I believe that teachers still exist, and it's pretty much like a teacher from the, from the early church. A teacher is someone who teaches. A student is someone who listens, right? Uh, so uh, teachers and students is pretty good. Uh, angelion is an evangelist. That's where we get the word evangelist, is from the word angelion. And an angelion is uh, someone who spreads the gospel. So if you are a person that loves to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ to people, I think you're an evangelist. Um, prophet, uh, we had in the Old Testament prophets, prophets were people who listened to the word of God or, or got prophecies from the Word of God. Um, and we know from um, uh, James uh, James 3.16, I believe it is, that uh, in olden days, uh, God spoke through his prophets. God spoke through his prophets, but in these latter times, he's spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. So in the Old Testament, there was this special classification of person who was a prophet, and as a prophet, they received oracles or um, speaking of God through their, through their life, uh, right? Isaiah, here am I, Lord, send me. But he had to, God had to pour into Isaiah uh, what he wanted him to preach, and then Isaiah went out. And one of the books that I'm considering looking at in a future Bible study is the book of Amos, because he was a prophet, uh, the fig slitter from Tekoa, from Tekoa 
And um, he basically went into the Jewish community and just destroyed them because they weren't following God. So he was a, he was a voice of the word of God. He was a prophet. Uh, John the Baptist, right? A, a voice of the word of God. Behold, a voice in the wilderness crying out. Uh, so that's what a prophet is, is someone who speaks the word of God. But in the New Testament, the word of God now exists in God's word from Jesus. So you might say a prophet is somebody who uh, studies God's word, <clears throat> inwardly digests God's word, and then is able to spend time digesting God's word in the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and then say things like, this is what God says in these types of situations. Um, and obviously there could be many interpretations about different things because different people will say, well, this is what the word of God says about this situation. Another person might come in and say, this is what God says about the situation. You might have a conflict in that. Uh, and so you have to be very wary about people who interpret God's word or say, this is how God speaks into the situation. So again, if I were to follow somebody and say, I'm I'm following this person because they're going to tell me what God would say about a certain situation. Make sure that that person is connected with the creator of the universe, that they, it's not a casual acquaintance with God's word, but a deep acquaintance with God's word. Somebody who meditates day and night on God's word, somebody who loves God's word, somebody who uh, sp spends time with the creator of the universe, you know, and God's word. So, those would be things that I would look for in a prophet. And then, of course, you have to test the prophets to see if they're false prophets. How do you test a prophet? Are they living their life? Are they, are they saying things that are peaceable? Are they teaching things that are the way of life? Or do they seem to be teaching things that are the way of death? And, and really, that's, that takes some discernment. Um, but... Um, it can be done. There was a there was a pastor. I think he's I don't know maybe he's not a pastor. His name is Michael Horton, and uh, he wrote a book called uh, "The Deception." The, the, what was it? I can't remember. Something about the deception, and um, it was talking about how he was seeing false teachings from some of the televangelists on TV. It was a very very fascinating book, a very eye opening book because you would think that the people on TV were you know teaching good things and a lot of them do, but but some of them aren't, and some of them are more interested about their own opulence and wealth than they are about the people that they're teaching. But, but don't get me wrong. If you're going to produce a television show, it costs millions of dollars, and so you have to raise millions of dollars. And if your goal is to spread the Word of God and to have uh, the ability to spread that Word of God through a medium called a TV show, it is not wrong to ask for donations to keep that type of ministry functioning. Um, the problem is, is then when they end up with a multi-million dollar plane and all sorts of things. So uh, you, you just have to be, you have to know the heart of, of the person that's really teaching. And, and the thing is, is that God exists. And even in the worst teaching, God's Holy Spirit can help let that teaching indwell in you. So that's prophets, teachers, evangelists, shepherds. Uh, shepherd is a great classification. Uh, it's also called a pastor or a shepherd, and that's basically somebody who just loves people. Um, 
you know, goes and visits people when they're hurting, sick, uses the word of God as a healing balm. Uh, my, uh, a lot of people call me Pastor Hook uh, because they see me as a pastor, as a loving and caring person, although I'm probably not as loving and caring as you all think I am because I'm a sinful human being. Um, but, uh, but my role, my calling at the church actually is the Office of Public Ministry which means that uh, at some level I am, uh, I am accountable to all the roles, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Uh, I might have strengths in some areas better than others, but I'm accountable to all of those roles. And I'm also accountable to make sure that we identify people with some of those skills that they can use their skills and gifts in the church. Uh, and last one is apostles, right? Apostles comes from the word apostello, which is a Greek word, which means to send. An apostle is, is someone who goes out into the world and um, is sent into the world. An apostle does not stay very long. You have the apostle Paul. Basically, these are people who, are, who, uh, who go out and, you know, they're like the starship enterprise to explore brave, you know, brave new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before, which is grammatically incorrect. It should be to go boldly where no man has gone before. Da, 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 tum, 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 ta, tum. So you could almost see an apostle as Captain Kirk going into new territories to see how he can bring the gospel into new territories. That's, uh, if you're an apostle, you really, really, re really resonate with the character Kirk, right, in the Starship Enterprise, um, which is interesting because at some level I do resonate with Kirk, but I also resonate with Spock. I mean, I love cold, hard facts wherever they take me. So um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm weird. I don't know. Anyway, so that's that's what the role of apostle or apostles and prophets in Paul look like. Uh, that's kind of how I define them. So here in the Didache, it says concerning apostles and prophets, act thus. And so they're kind of lumping together. Every apostle who comes to you, let him not stay more than a day. Why? Because an apostle is someone who is really trying to seek out new places. You know, he gets, he gets, he, he creates, he creates the space for things to happen. But an apostle is probably the last person you want managing any organization because they don't really care about the management. They care about seeking out new things and doing new things. Um, and so an apostle would not stay for a long time. You know, let him stay a day or maybe a second day. But if it's three days, he's a false prophet. He's, he's not acting with his apostle thing. So, um, and you can kind of see this. If your gift is a, 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 a being an apostle, you're always seeking out new things. You're always looking for new things. In the early church, they did have, like the Apostle Paul, and he would go in, he would start a church, boom. And then, you know, once it was running, he'd go and start a new church. He'd find apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And if he found a shepherd, uh, you know, he would put them in charge of the flock. If he found people that could teach the word of God, he'd get them started teaching. Um you know, he would kind of get the ball rolling. If he found someone that was really connected to the word of God, he'd say, here's, listen to the stories of Jesus. And he might, you know, he said, listen, you need to hear these stories. And then, then you need to spend time with God and, and understand these stories and then help explain that to the world around us. Um, if he found an apostle, he might grab a hold of him and say, hey, come on with me. We're going to go plant some new churches. 
uh, you know, we're going to go into new territories and do new things. So, um, so an apostle shouldn't really stay. If, if you are truly, if all you're doing is an is apostle, if you, if you believe you're a call from God is to be an apostle, then you don't do some of the other things. Uh, now, if your call from God is to hold the office of public ministry at a church in a location, then you don't go and do apostle. You don't go from territory to territory, but you might... You might try new things. You might, you know, try to figure out new ways to reach new civilizations, new cultures. I don't know. That might be an apostolic thing to do. Ah, uh, let's see. If he stays more than one day, let him excel. Okay, verse six. Let's take a look at that. And when an apostle goes forth, let him accept nothing but bread till he reach his night's lodging. But if he asks for money, he's a false prophet. So it sounds like the one thing about prophet or. Uh, uh, apostles, yeah, so here they're lumping together apostles and prophets, which is interesting. Uh, when an apostle goes forth, let him accept nothing but bread till he reach his night's lodging. But if he asks for money, he's a false prophet or an apostle, a false apostle. So it sounds like prophet and apostle here are being commingled, which they do get commingled because if you're an apostle, you do have to be at some level a prophet. Um, but it's not about money. I mean, you can give them their day's bread, right? Give us a day, give us today our daily bread, and you can ask for a night's lodging or two. But apostles aren't there for the money. Apostles aren't driven by money. Um, this is probably my downfall in my life. But money is—I'm uh, sure my kids would agree. With it. It's like, Dad, why do you have to be an apostle? Money is not my main motivator in anything. I know that sounds crazy, but. I'd be perfectly happy living an austere life in a, in a one-room shack out in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, and driving a clunker, maybe not even having a clunker. Um, my, the thing that really, really, really excites me more than anything else is going in new territories and trying new things and, uh, you know, being that apostolic spirit that I think I have, that I think God's gifted me with. Um, you know, reading, reading uh, finding out new information, um, trying to satisfy my soul with, with, uh, with things that are that are uncharted territory, taking risks, those are all part of my personality. Unfortunately, and fortunately, um, that's kind of who I am. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, we'll do one more verse. Verse seven: Do not test or examine any prophet who is speaking in a spirit, for. Every sin shall be forgiven, but this, this sin shall not be forgiven. But not everyone who speaks in a spirit is a prophet, except he have the behavior of the Lord. From his behavior, then, the false prophet and the true prophet shall be known. So, and we see this, you see this in Pentecostal churches, right? Being slain in the spirit and then speaking a word from God in the spirit. And we poo-poo that a lot as, as, you know, mainline Protestants, but there's some truth to that. In the early church, there were people who believed that they were receiving a word of God um, at a special time in a special location. You could almost call that a kairos moment, uh, which is the Greek word for time, but it's not a chronological time. It's a, it's a moment in time where, where God might, it might in your life uh, have a certain situation or certain feeling or something where you really feel like maybe God's trying to tell me something in this. Um, and that's basically just hearing God's spirit in a, in a new and exciting way. Now, 
just because you get that doesn't mean that it truly is a great word from God or it isn't from God um, because it needs to be tested. All of these things that need to be tested, are they in line with the word of God? Is it peaceful? Is it righteousness? Is it advancing righteousness? Uh, all of these things happen when a person is connected with the creator of the universe and believes that God is speaking to them about a situation. And yes, it's in line with scripture. And yes, it's a, it advances righteousness and all that sort of thing. Now, uh, in my personality as a prophet um, or as an apostle, uh, you know, I, I do, God does give me creative thoughts in my head all the time. But those, all, those have to be um, normalized through the words of God. Is this the word of God? Is it, is it completely compatible with the word of God? And if it isn't, it's, it's not from God. But if it is, then it's worth contemplating and thinking about. So when he says, test an, a prophet who is speaking in a spirit, if a prophet comes and says, this is what the word of God is saying, and it's in with what the word of God is, then it is, then it, it, it is most likely from, from God. We'll know, never know exactly because we are, we are human beings prone to sin. So testing the spirit is full of sin. Prophets are, you know, are sinful people. Um, but you can, if there's a group of people, they can tell whether or not what they're hearing is in line with what God is or not. Um, so every spirit, every prophet should be tested. Um, and that's why knowing God's word is so important because uh, you might have somebody who's a pro who is an apostle that says, hey, God is saying that to reach aboriginal people, we need to do this and this and this, uh, but it may look different than what you've done traditionally. And so you might say, well, that's not in the word of God. Well, does the word of God really say that? So you really have to know what the word of God is because an apostle and a prophet are people that are like, how do we reach new frontiers uh, but still stay in line with the word of God? And there's lots of stuff that we do in the church that is what we call adiaphora. It's neither commanded nor forbidden by God's word. It just is stuff we've always done. And so we are always beholden to our past this is my sin because, you know, my, where I grew up and how I did things. I have things in my past that I really, really joy and enjoy, and I want to keep doing those things, but it may not be commanded or forbidden in Scripture. So that is, we have to test the spirits. We have to test anybody who's a prophet in the spirit. And we're going to talk about this more in chapter 12 because this continues more uh, in the next episode. So I think we're going to stop there for today. Uh, so join me in prayer if you would. Dear God, thanks for um, your prophets and your apostles and your evangelists and your shepherds and your teachers and those people that you've equipped uh, to bring us closer to you. Uh, thank you for this day and keep us safe until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so thanks for joining me today. God's richest blessings, and we will see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye.